Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now here's the guy who heard you were looking for a Bobby. I am Rob Sesternino. Hello, everybody. How are you? Move the bell. We're still just like the Amazing Race got moved. We are back and we are ready to go here to talk about our coverage of the Amazing Race 33, two-hour premiere here as uh, we kick off a wild season of the amazing race featuring the longest pit stop ever this is the the precursor here uh, there are opening chapters here night uh one of the amazing race here with us to talk about it first our chief amazing race correspondent please welcome in jessica Lee. jess how are you i'm doing great rob i'm very excited to talk about this season premiere with a couple of master podcast bakers such as yourselves mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes thank you thank you uh and of course with us uh a man who i said recently uh knew the most about the amazing race 33 out of anybody in the whole world outside of the production here is from parade.com give it up for mike bloom luckily we got plenty of material in these first two episodes to have everyone else catch up i suppose in that regard but you know what i feel it's new year, new me. And so I actually want to use this podcast to uh, rebrand myself and showcase the new version of Mike Bloom. I'm Digi Bloom now. This is my new identity. Who wants a record scratch? Wiki Wiki. Uh, Mike, that costume costs more than the costume they put on DigiBen. Listen, you could find me in the tube with the queen and all the bruvs getting a point. I'm leaving this up uh, full screen on Mike for as long as possible for as many screenshot memes to happen. This is going to be like the new, uh, like, I don't know, a a man attempting to be hip. You know, the new Steve Buscemi, how do you do fellow kids, right? I love it so much. I I love when Mike comes into a podcast uh, in a costume. And uh, two two times it's happened. It's, you realize it's, you're now setting yourself up to have to bring in a new costume every week. Yeah, uh, I, listen, I don't, if, if they're if they're going to skimp on the pit stop greeters, then uh, you know what? Maybe I'll skimp on the costumes as well. Okay? Can I just Amazing ask race? the backstory here, for, especially for the podcast listeners? Uh, so let me describe what Mike has. Uh, so this is Mike appears to be wearing he's wearing a uh, a shirt, and then he has uh, the, the, taped to uh, the front of the shirt. Uh, a LED uh, alarm clock uh, reading out the time 420. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's always time to bake bruvs, like I bake two cakes and decorate them, but not in the EU. <laughs> Mike, what is the backstory? Better or worse than everyone else? Why? Why do you have this stuff? Well, I, I printed it out. I don't have. Do you think I have this readily available? That I had a, a image what? of a digital clock that read four twenty. <laughs> I thought, all right, honestly, yeah, I invested. Honestly, what's worse? If he created this stuff specifically for the podcast, or if he already had it kicking around. Mm-hmm. That's a very good point. You know, is it one of these things where destiny calls and I'd say, okay, this is my moment. This is my five hole in a way. Is here are all the bit costumes? Thank you, Digiben, for the services that you provide. So I'm able to bring this out. I'm not entirely sure, but here I'll go, I'll I go mean, analog for the sake of the rest of the podcast. I mean, Loom, you're you're a dad. Your your kid might have a dress up box. I don't know your life. We have a dress up box. I mean, you don't see me getting it out for the yeah, podcast. Sorry, but... I'll reveal this, Jess. I did pull this out of Ashley's dress-up <laughs> box. Uh, yep, that's what I thought. Really is invested in that type of iconography. So sorry, Asher. I'll be sure to return it next to your poncho and your Rasta hat. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, here we are. Amazing Race premiere. Amazing Race premiere. Uh, it was two hours uh, Wednesday night. Uh, sorry if anybody was looking for us uh, live after the episode. We are going to be recording these recaps on Thursdays uh, this season as we recap the Amazing Race. Uh, no exit press to speak of at this time, but... Uh, word on the street is maybe later in the season uh, we could be hearing from some of the Amazing Race teams. And uh, we have our recap here today on Thursday. But per- perhaps, perchance, there could be some additional Amazing Race coverage uh, coming your way over this weekend. Uh, true true or false? Uh, true. True. As of this hour, it is true. Okay. As of this hour, yes. You have uh, passed the test, as it were. Yeah, we're going to be bringing back the tar pit, uh, which if you tune into our Amazing Race 32 coverage, is sort of like our bit on the side to use some UK show parlance from the late great Big Brother, uh, where we're just going to come on and talk about a bunch of miscellaneous things, uh, be they uh, you know stuff from the secret scenes that are posted on YouTube. The Amazing Race is actually really great with secret scenes as opposed to like your survivor nowadays, so we'll do that play some games, talk about maybe some stuff that came up on social media. So this is going to be kind of like your bread and butter recap of the show. And then we'll try to intersperse those throughout the season. But yeah, it's going to be at this moment, it's going to be myself, Jess, Rob will be in abstention, but we're going to be joined by a great guest. Maggie Morgan uh, is going to be coming on a new convert to the amazing race. So I'm very excited to get her thoughts. She has been binging a bunch of it and so to get her thoughts as compared to like the old guard such as jess and myself is going to be very very fun okay uh make sure you don't miss any of our uh coverage uh, of course uh robert's podcast main feed go to robert's website.com slash subscribe and for amazing race only uh if that's your jam go to robert's website.com slash t-a-r feed for that and of course uh the rehab ups feed will also uh get you all of our rehab ups content at rob's website.com slash uh ups all right i i need to know uh jess and mike uh, are amazing race historians uh where does amazing race 33 this kickoff uh how how did they do last night jess i mean it's hard to gauge rob because it's almost like we've been starving We've been wandering through the desert thirsty, and this is a drink of water. And I don't know if it's like a cold drink of water, like a cold drink of Evian with like ice cubes in it and stuff, or if it's just like tap water from someplace in the middle of nowhere. But it's, you know, it's water. I'm happy to have it. Mm -hmm. I'm 
my thirst has been quenched. Um, I think in a vacuum, the first episode of the season is never great. It's never the best one. It's never the one we want to watch over and over. So I'm, I'm okay with what we've got so far. I am cautiously optimistic about the rest of the season. All right. And Mike, how about for you? My thirst has been quenched as well. I mean, have you seen Ryan and Dusty? Hachi, oh, oh, wow. They're, they're very, they're very good. Men. You know what? Uh, they're, they're only so many people are able to, uh, you know, carry around a uh, foam roller for the first two legs of the amazing race and be able to, you know, pull it off. But those guys were able to, no, I thought this was, I thought it was fine. Mm-hmm. If I'm being completely candid, uh, listen, I'll be out front in saying that uh, the tasks in these first two legs were, dare I say, lame. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty cheap, pretty pretty cheap, cheap. bro. Yeah, pretty cheap. the wise man uh, once said. Yeah, but I think that is sort of unfortunately been kind of the 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 case to be with a lot of modern day amazing race. I think the, unfortunately these were not like so lame. They're funny tasks. Like if we remember back during season 31, the opening episode had eating the chocolate sandals and when they had to remember when they had to dress up in tie-dye and troll outfits and climb mount fuji the fake slippery mm-hmm. mount fuji how could we forget yeah yeah yep. so like there's there's fun chintzy things like that but this didn't necessarily have that we'll talk about it but i think staying in one city i don't know if this was the best advertisement for the city of london all things considered uh you know it did feel like a bit of the actual route itself was more so things you could do around town as part of a homebrew amazing race course that uh, Emmy winning show but all that being said I think this episode was elevated by the teams obviously we had to kind of fill in a lot of the backstory as to a lot of claims of fames that these people had but I was happy we were able to get past that we can certainly talk about whether or not we liked the choice to have the opening two episodes on one night but I think one thing that was advantageous about that is giving us two hours to get to know these teams beyond their stories like you know seeing uh, Kim and Penn outside of the YouTube environment necessarily interacting with the race. Uh, seeing Ryan and Dusty, the aforementioned, like actually having a lot of fun together and showing some personality. Uh, and people like Arun and Natalia, like talking about their own dynamic in the second episode. I was happy to get that from a back to back perspective. But other than that, like Jess said, it's one of those things where no matter what the quality, it's nice to have Phil Kogan, you know, saying, You are the last team to arrive and you are eliminated from the race. You have been sweet. eliminated from the race. I yes, it it's, right. it's 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 bittersweet for the team, obviously, but it's one of those things where it's just nice to to have that back on our screens, especially in a time and in a time back then as well, where we thought we would never see that again. Yeah. And so I agree. I thought that the teams were uh, really, really fun. I was uh, chuffed to bits watching them all uh, compete through these two hours of the show. Now, I, now Rob, if teams are listening, you're, they're going to be like, what does that mean? <laughs> no, they've been <laughs> to England. Bits? Yes, they've been to England. They know what's up. And so I was uh, really surprised, though, uh, Mike, I thought this season had been advertised as no non-elimination legs. Now, are we getting cute here of like, well, we said no nominal elimination legs. Uh, this was keep racing. Yeah. So let me clarify a bit, because I think I also misspoke when we were back on here. When when I spoke to Bertram and Elise, uh, the showrunners, they said that when they came back, they were looking for ways to not stuff more non-elimination legs in there. Because let's remember that two teams do not end up coming back. And so they only restart with seven. And so you could put like two to three more in there. but they found quote unquote creative ways. I personally think that translates to more mega legs happening mm. in this season, which makes sense given that they're going to spend a lot of like 
double legs in a city or in a country. So Mm -hmm. it's one of these things where I guess to answer your question, Rob, yes, I think it is this idea of like being kind of cute of, well, we're not necessarily non-eliminating teams, but we're also keeping teams in the race by having them consistently running throughout Europe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because just to me, uh, it felt like this was like an unsatisfying end to the second hour where it's like, okay, Lulu and Lala, who uh, I love, uh, to make no mistake, I love Lulu and Lala, but like after, you know, back to back 10th place finishes, like I was kind of like, all right, we got it. Yeah, it it is always frustrating to me when we have a team that's like, I don't know, maybe it's not frustrating. Maybe it, Maybe it's kind of like, what if they turn it around, Rob? What if next week they start figuring it out and they get into gear and they start finishing at the top of the pack? Rob, wouldn't you be glad that they didn't get eliminated? Sure, sure. It's I always mean, the hope, and every so often it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I just feel like that. You know, um, you know, what, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I won't get into. Uh, no, no. no. I, I mean, I think you bring up a good point that it was aw- an odd way to end the premiere uh, because I think this is the first time in Amazing Race U.S. history, I believe, where leg two has been non-elimination. We've had it on leg one. I think it's happened before in like Canada and australia but it is a little weird of like a momentum thing right Mm -hmm. because i could understand it being in the first leg we had that in the social media season we had it in like amazing race 18 they did something very similar of a keep on racing but usually to be like all right either you give them that sort of safety net of okay everyone gets a leg to sort of figure things out and then we move forward or it's like all right we start eliminating people right off the bat this sort of felt like a happy medium of all right uh, Michael and Mo had they slipped up and they got eliminated, but you're okay. You you get to keep going. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was just the easiness of booking the train to Glasgow. I'm not entirely sure. I do wonder when we get to uh, things next week if, in retrospect, having episodes two and three back to back would have been a better thing rather than one or two. I also understand looking back at the premieres of CBS Reality, like between Big Brother 22, Big Brother 23, Survivor 41. And Survivor 42, I think they were all two-hour premieres. Yeah. So I would not be surprised if the network was like, no, you got to come back on a big note. Let's open with a two-hour episode. Yeah, and so I could certainly understand, like, hey, we got two legs in England, keep them all in one night, have a two-hour premiere uh, coming back. But just looking ahead to the schedule for next week, uh, so we are back on one hour of Amazing Race. But at 8 o'clock, we have a primetime Price is Right special on at 8 o'clock. And the Amazing Race is getting bumped out of the more coveted 8 p.m. Survivor time slot for primetime Price is Right. And don't get me wrong. Nobody loves the Price is Right more than me. But it just seems like uh, that seems like a while. And I guess that eventually Amazing Race is going to be in that nine o'clock time slot. And once uh, Celebrity Big Brother comes back, maybe they're sort of like trying to train the audiences to look for it at nine rather than moving it. Well, one thing that I really appreciate about putting it in the nine o'clock slot and having that Price is Right situation and that Celebrity Big Brother situation there is that they're not going to do the thing they've done in previous seasons where they've just double stacked the episodes to get it out the door faster. Mm, and mm-hmm. I find that, I find that kind of exhausting. And also I want to savor it. I don't want to like, I don't want to binge watch the amazing race. It's not a good show for a binge. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, I appreciate that. I, I think I like it in the nine o'clock slot. I'll take it. Okay. 
And then, uh, of course, uh, two hours this uh, week and then one hour next week, which will ultimately culminate in the end of the pre-COVID era of The Amazing Race, as was, you know, uh, teased a great deal in the preseason of after this next week's episode, we will have our big time jump in the season. So I think that that's going to be very interesting to see uh, the way that that is handled in the show coming up next week. But uh, we'll worry about next week, next week. Let's. Let's talk about our Amazing Race 33, which just uh, kicked off in an unusual way for the Amazing Race. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Never before have we not had a starting line. Yeah, we've never had a starting line before, which is I could understand that being a thing if this was filmed post-COVID. Yeah, Yeah. now (laughs) this is a perfect way to do it. But they're giving them the big brother treatment now. And I think... I always wonder, that's so weird to me that they try to stage it so that, you know, they're just discovering now if they're going to be on the race and then they got to take off and go. I always think that's weird because there's a camera crew in your house. You have to know something's up. I could not fake that kind of enthusiasm. Maybe that's why I'm not going on reality television anytime soon. Could it be? So I believe we actually did get it in the social media season was them all starting from their home yeah, and going right. to the airport. Could it be that the connected tissue is the Holderness family uh, and the other YouTube sensations? Mm-hmm. Are like, well, they we did it for them. We might as well do the common denominator. But why though? But why yeah. though, Mike? But they all went to the same airport, right? They like a, they, they, they went to like four hub airports, which also is interesting when it comes into the casting, right? Like mm-hmm. to have uh, the Holdernesses meet Sam and Connie. They're both from North Carolina, and so to have them like meet in the airport, you sort of put on your tinfoil hat of did they purposely cast teams that are around the same airport so that everyone can kind of carpool over to London together and it makes booking flights easier. They kind of do that. Like if you get deep into casting for survivor, they make you like list out the cities, the airport hubs you're closest to for the regional interviews. So I think everybody has to put on their application. Like I'm closest to this airport. I'm not so even sure I, they do a regional. I think that's like a, a, a time gone by of uh, when they, like, yeah. Back when I still thought it might be a good idea to apply, I, think I applied one time, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, that was a very long time ago. Yeah, but I, I, this seems like uh, the the first time that we've ever like the first time the teams interact with Phil was at the mat. Was that the same with the social media season? I'm fairly sure. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. but it was it was interesting just because. I mean, it was a little big brothery, was it not? Mm, this, it was this very big brothery. Like, oh my God, we now have 30 seconds. We have to go now. Oh, everyone in my life who happens to be here, I'll just <laughs> say goodbye to you. It's mm-hmm. not like we didn't know about this beforehand. Uh, it's interesting. I do wonder maybe after the fact this will come out as to what the process was like. You know, was there a guaranteed, okay, this is the day that you're leaving. So pack up and everything. I mean, it was nice to see everyone's home life. Uh, poor Anthony and Spencer, right? Like everyone's hugging and kissing all these people. And Anthony and Spencer are like, all right, lock the door. I guess we're going. Uh, <laughs> there was nobody to, for them to really see on their way out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do they live together? Are they roommates? They are. Yeah. What about the third guy? The third guy. I think the third guy. I think the third guy. Like, I think he's kind of going off on his own. Like, I think he's kind of the. He's kind of John Lennoning it. I think with among these guys <laughs> at the moment. Uh, I think he's got his own. That's thing the verb. On. John Lennon. I suppose so. John Lennon mm-hmm. wasn't the first person to quit. I suppose so, but I guess more so going off and doing his own thing. Having things, a lost right? weekend. Like, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Standing yeah. in a bed and doing his own things. Uh, so, sure. yeah, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's just Anthony and Spencer. are. Well, I think Anthony and Spencer were also childhood friends. Uh, and I think maybe the third guy had sort of got brought in through a different situation. Johnny third Cumberland. wheel. Third wheel. Yeah. 
Yeah. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Do we want to uh, highlight any of the teams uh, that we uh, really got to know a lot better over the two-hour premiere? I mean, we certainly can, but I think this is a lot of information that we sort of already gleaned from Mike's um, remarkable investigative work. Okay. How about this then? Were there any teams that uh, really popped for you last night that you weren't already excited about? Yes. I, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I would go so far as to say, look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a fancy fencer, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with my winner pick, but I'll be completely candid. If I had the opportunity to push the reset button and switch my winner pick, uh, I'm flying high on the flight attendants, baby. Right, uh, Ra- right. Raquel and Kayla, really. And I said this, you know, in our in our preseason stuff of like, I think there's a chance they could really slip through and be surprising. But they excel from the get go. Uh, I think they are arguably one of the front runners right now. Yeah, they performed very well. Uh, EU knowledge aside, and uh, they were. Both uh, just they were so fun on the show that I found myself uh, cracking up uh, at a lot of their uh, confessionals and one liners. Yeah, they're really funny and really sharp. Um, And I don't know that necessarily. Again, we've said it. Knowing geography and knowing your way around. We thought that was going to be their strength. If it turns out not to be their strength on this race course, this is not going to matter. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of great moments in the uh, two-hour premiere. So, uh, good job uh, by uh, Raquel and Kayla. A- anybody else uh, really pop that we weren't expecting? I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, and I guess I should not be surprised by this, but Carol and Ray are hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like, that mm-hmm. dynamic is very interesting. And I guess if you've been on a reality show before, you know what pops on camera. So, I should not be terribly surprised that they know how to be entertaining. Because that's why they're cast, right? But mm-hmm. I thought they were hilarious, especially Carol. She's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is now you're seeing one of the reasons why Carol was like one of the quote unquote breakout stars of Love Island season one is just like she is such a firecracker. She's such a personality. I do think uh, the you know just for future purposes, uh, if it says the Amazing Race on it, it's a clue. Is like the it's an epic <laughs> stick of 2022 yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love it, and it's great, and I and I think it makes sense of all the dynamics on this race uh you know to have the very newly minted couple be the ones who almost immediately start imploding alongside the twins i think was very appropriate yeah carol and ray they definitely hit some bumps along the way but i still have faith that uh these two i i I look when i see young love like i i have a a a great feeling and think it's going to be they're going to be fine I mean, I have outgrown my need to watch people in a schadenfreudistic way, but I think it will be equally entertaining if we're watching them like their relationship crumble in real time. I think that's the reason they cast young couples like this in the first place. Or at least, you know, maybe I'm thinking from more of a like mid 2000s reality, you know, reality cruelty sort of way. But I think we know they're no longer together now. Are we watching what? the reasons why? Oh my god, 
And, uh, please, Jess. Uh, I'm not the one who brought it up on the last podcast. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, I'm blocking it's already it out there. Don't All believe right. everything you hear. Yeah. Okay. They could get back together, Rob. They Keep could. Up yeah. Keep up this, this could be the thing where they see each other on screen. Right? They're like, babe, remember all our great times in London? Like, come on. Let's mm-hmm. get back together. We're like Boris Johnson and the Queen. Let's go knock on fish and chips. <laughs> I, I will say what else I was really happily surprised by is, look, again, we talked about the really just like huge stories of people like Anthony and Spencer and Ryan and Dusty. But we didn't necessarily say, hey, that's going to make for, you know, really great TV characters. I got to say, these guys popped, I think, more than I expected them to. Uh, things like, you know, Spencer saying, uh, hey, people think that we're rich because we were in a movie. We're broke heroes. Uh, mm-hmm. Dusty calling Ryan like a squirrely little guy, like a raccoon in a dumpster. Mm-hmm. Like these, J- Jesse Tenenbaum does a good job. Like he's going to bring on people that I think have some sort of ounce of personality outside of just a story. And I think these guys proved it over the course of even just these couple of episodes. Yeah, everybody was uh, really fun and uh, brought a lot of lightness to uh, the episode last night. All right, let's let's talk through uh, what the teams are going to do. Uh, we're going to head to London, England, uh, and uh, we're going to kick off the Amazing Race 33 with go to Trafalgar Square. And I guess there must have been some Trafalgar. Doc- what, what is it? What is it? Trafalgar. Trafalgar. Okay. All right. Uh, one demerit for. Would you for Would Rob. you be looking for Bobby? Did you just reveal that for yourself? You'd be the one searching for Bobby. Me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. Uh, sure. It's not gonna be me. Yeah. How much of an Anglophile are you, Rob? Um. Well, let's see. I uh probably have watched uh many British TV shows. So. Yeah, who here has been to London? Mm-hmm. Uh, just for the listeners at home, Mike raised his hand. Jess raised her hand. Rob did not raise. His I've hand. never been across the Atlantic. I've only been to uh, the, the. I've never left the uh, 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 North America, South America. That's it. Yeah, you're very uh, Akbar and Sherry in that. Regard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Uh, no, I've never. I've never crossed the Atlantic yet. Yeah, London was actually the last place that I had been overseas before the lockdown. Okay. And, and, how, and been, how was how was Digiben? Did you pay him a visit before you left? Um, Digiben was not there. I think he was on vacation. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was there for two and a half days, so it doesn't. It only counts nominally. Mm-hmm. All right. The teams had to find the famous uh, red telephone booth. Uh, do you think there were Doctor Who fans on the Amazing Race production team? Well. I think they might have, if they were really like hurting for budget concerns, they could have just bought a bunch of TARDIS costumes and spray painted them red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these poor guys having to stand in what looked like probably cost at best, what, $10 to buy these like tra- almost translucent red box costumes and just wear them over a regular suit and stand around waiting for people. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were compensated. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel bad for them. Their lives are fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah and- no, I, we should ask that the, off the top here, though. Like we said, pre-pandemic legs. And you, and you tweeted about this last night, Jess. Like, how weird was it for you all to watch this? I mean, as Phil gave the disclaimer on the screen, pulling the whole Jeff Probst at the beginning of season 41, this was filmed prior to the pandemic. Was it one of those things that just feel, truly felt like a time gone by given the past two years? 
Yeah, it's very strange. Like there is a point where they ask directions to a random old lady on the street and she gives them directions. And they hug her They're like you're hugging a stranger. Mm-hmm. That's not OK. Um, and just huge crowds of people just out and about. It's it's kind of a lot. Mm hmm. Yeah, we didn't really talk about uh, Phil's opening to the season uh, where he talked about how uh, this was uh, filmed uh, pre-pandemic. Mike, what did you think of uh, Phil's message to the race fans? I mean, I'm glad they did it because, you know, and this happened, remember, with season 32 of like, what are they doing out there? Uh, Mm -hmm. For some reason, there is a contingent of of TV fans that somehow believe that reality TV is all like Big Brother, right? That Mm -hmm. it's live to tape. Of, uh, They're killing minute, people is- on this new show called Who Done It. <laughs> exactly, like really Amelia bedeling it, like taking things at face value. So I'm glad that Phil came out to give that disclaimer. That being said, we know Phil. This was 100 on the set of Toughest Nails, right? Hmm. Oh sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, was it on the beach? Didn't... Like it must have been the yeah. opening of uh, Toughest Nails uh, season yeah. three. Yeah. I, I, I imagine CBS is like, hey, Phil, can we like have you take a quick second out of your shooting to just like stay a quick 30 seconds to these people watching Amazing Race about what they're about to watch and you can get back to making your show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he wearing Carhartt? I mean, that's the that's the giveaway. <laughs> that's the tell if we can go back and check that out. All right. Um, the teams were uh, they had to get a uh, what was it? The, the next clue from uh, the telephone guys. <laughs> I don't, I don't even and know how Phil to literally, this. When Phil literally said, yes, you heard me right. Like, even he, I don't know if that's an ad lib or producers basically saying like, yeah, this is what we're doing now. But it, it's yeah, not even that weird. Amazing race. It's not even that weird. It's just, it's just cheap. It's not like, it's not like he's saying like, find the elephant dressed like a giraffe in the middle of Trafalgar elephant Square. dressed like a giraffe. Yes, you heard wow. me right. Yes. I don't know. Wow. Hi, hi. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would that would merit a yes. You heard me right. Mm-hmm. I don't think this does. To be honest, yeah. could we get a Kiva to draw an elephant dressed like a giraffe? Well, you'll definitely have to say that I'm an elephant because if he's dressed up as a giraffe, there's going to merit a lot of confusion there. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay, um, so from there we're going to travel to Buckingham Palace, historic Buckingham Palace, uh, to uh, figure out our detour. I mean, kudos to the flight attendants. I think it was the flight attendants who said, I wonder if we're going to go to Buckingham Palace. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Mm-hmm. That was a good guess. Good guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not not a shout out to Sam who mistook Westminster Abbey for Buckingham Palace. <laughs> mm. Okay. Uh, we got to our first detour. Uh, the Artist Den or Digi Ben? <laughs> I legitimately had to do a double take of what? What was that thing that he said? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, can either of you contextualize for me how famous is Digi Ben? Is he like a real guy? Is he like the naked cowboy Jess, or is Digi Ben nothing and something that the Amazing Race is trying to make a thing? Um, I googled it just now, and um, Google was like, "Did you mean Digi Pen?" I, I mean, it what's, looks what's like- Digi Pen from the Holderness family? Oh, look, Digi Ben. <laughs> no, there are some people that are called Digi Ben, but I don't think these are the same people. Hmm. These this is, are this is 100% a fabrication. This is entirely uh, made up. Yeah. And I think, well, because they wanted to do sort of like the, the three Bens, right? The, the yeah. Holy Trinity of Big Ben and Little Ben. Little Ben is a popular attraction. Like Little Ben was, was not constructed for the race. And so they're like, all right, we need a third one. 
about Digiben in a subway station. All right, we'll put him down there. I was confused, though, until it was introduced. I thought it was Did You Bend was the name of it. And they just sort of rushed through it. I'm like, are we doing beer yoga again? What is Did You Bend? Hmm. I don't know. But I feel bend like, it, bend it just, like Beckham could have been a thing. Couldn't they just have gotten like a random guy named Ben and called him Medium Ben? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, we're already going to be looking for people with uh, with those types of names. So might as well make it literal by having a guy named Ben show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we have any of our listeners out there who fit the criteria of medium, Ben, uh, please uh, reach out. I, I expect there to be a novelty Twitter account by the end of this podcast. Mm-hmm. At medium Ben on Twitter. Yeah. Right. So th- the thing about this detour, and I think it's going to apply to the other one as well, is I do think, unfortunately, these were a little imbalanced. Uh, and that's and that's fine. Uh, and that's, again, totally fine. It's the way that, you know, things uh, happen sometimes on The Amazing Race that ha- harkens back all the way to the beginning of it, right? When the first detour was usually jump off this cliff versus take the stairs of the slower but more fun option versus the uh, scarier or more athletic but quicker option. So it does show here, though, that as much as we malign DigiBen, he was the way to go here, as I'm pretty sure, despite everyone's navigational woes, Pretty much everyone who went Digiben finished above the people who did Artist Dead. Yeah. It's very true, Mike. But this was also, this was a complete nothing burger of a task. I'm just going to say, like, there was no actual task performed. It was in Artist Den. Uh, no, in in Digiben. Yeah, in Artist Den, they actually had to do a thing. Yeah. They didn't have to do a thing for Digiben. They just had to go to a place and go to another place and go to a third place. That's like, that's like Amazing Race, but you take out all of the tasks. It's just if if all we want to do is watch people go places, you don't need detours or roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Find a thing and go to another thing and go to a third thing. Not a task. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, the, hard, the hardest part was finding the Bobby, but it was only because the teams didn't know what a Bobby was. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that was that was a little that was that was something else for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like that many of our Amazing Race teams uh, did not know a lot about uh, the UK, uh, did not know about the UK's status in the EU, uh, did not know what Boris Johnson looks like, uh, who Boris Johnson is, what is a Bobby. I will forgive them for the Brexit thing because this was filmed in like February 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, like the, the month after they yeah. formally began the process of exiting. It was like days after the actual Brexit. So. Amazing race. Very on top of the oh, yeah. uh, Brexit news. Very with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. That part I can forgive. I don't know about... Boris Johnson is very distinctive looking. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should be able to pick him out of a crowd. Honestly, even if you don't know what he looks like, I feel like you could look at a crowd of people and pinpoint the one who is Boris Johnson. <laughs> You'd be like, what What guy looks like his name is Boris what guy, Johnson? No, what guy looks like I should be looking for a guy? Mm-hmm. Because he's oh, so gotcha. weird looking. Mm-hmm. What is the weirdest looking guy in this crowd? And, you know, they, they tried this a, a couple of times and most of the times it works. Like, oh, this guy in this vintage outfit, I bet he's the Bobby. There was one other time where they found this random guy on the street wearing very bright clothing and they thought he must be somebody. And it turns out he wasn't. He was not. Yes. Yeah. Just uh, got spotted by the amazing racers. <laughs> Nine times out of 10. If somebody looks out of place, which Boris Johnson always does, mm-hmm. that person is probably the person you're looking. For. Yeah. So what were the clues to find Digi Ben then? Just go in the subway and find Digi Ben. Yeah, so the first clue was go find a Bobby. 
and then they also the Bobby had to like give this sort of like coded language, right? Being like, who are you looking for? And you had to say you were specifically looking for the Bobby. And then he gave you a piece of paper that said, go to little Ben. And then you had to find, what was it? The lady wearing the, with the pink hair, the promoter, uh, like an official, the promote the promoter, which sounds like a CBS procedural that, <laughs> that was going to sounds... come on after the amazing race. <laughs> it sounds like a nickname Philip Shepard gives you. Mm-hmm. This Sunday uh, after a brand new equalizer, it's the promoter. Right. And it's going to be like, I don't know, starring William Fitchner is the promoter, like some random middle-aged white male character actor who does uh, shady legal dealings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the gritty world of public relations. Mm-hmm. You can't find Digi Ben until you talk to the promoter. Yeah. And then after Little Ben, they were sent to go find Digi Ben down in Piccadilly Circus. Mm-hmm. And there he was. Boom. <laughs> Digi Ben, uh, Digi Ben. I feel like uh, we cannot find uh, too much about uh, Digi Ben online. Uh, has anybody tracked down Digi Ben on social media? There's a guy named Digi Ben, but I don't think it's the same guy because I think he's in Canada. Hmm. Oh, should he take credit for it? I think he should. I think if he gets a whole bunch of followers this week, he will know where they came from. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like they had that. Um, they had that van that drove around selling records in Calgary when we did Amazing Race Canada and Dan Heaton and I single-handedly got their followers on Facebook to double. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. So they're going to get the Amazing Race and RHAP bump for yep. Misappropriated yep. Digibin. Look yeah, out. Mis- misappropriated Digibin. Yeah. All of your followers are they, they come from us. You're welcome. I see on Twitter and at my name is DigiBen. Uh, the uh, t- Twitter account says, hi, my name is DigiBen. I'm a computer man, uh, but has not tweeted since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that sound like someone like uh, an AI wrote an, a Twitter account? I am a computer man. I am a computer man. Totally a bot. Okay. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about the task uh, which gave the racers more fits, uh, and that was the artist den. Uh, Jess, uh, what did you think about the uh, putting the flag on the wall task? I mean, this was an actual task where there were actions to be performed and even a puzzle to sort out. I love the fact that you didn't know it was a puzzle if you just started putting <laughs> stuff up on the walls, yeah. which was great. Um, there's yes. not really a good undo button for that either like how how far do you get into it before you realize uh, oh. michael and michael and mo i mean this was their achilles heel right and it's i love the fact that they not only put it up but they put it up like they were like wanted posters and maybe that's because they're used to doing that i suppose is that part of the job that they just got like an autopilot and did that but i thought they like, were cops were... in 2020 <laughs> not cops in the old west michael no, I forget they had Stetsons, right, as they were walking down to, <laughs> to, to the artist den. Uh, yeah, I, I just love the fact that they didn't even give it a thought. And this is, of course, like quintessential amazing race thing, right? Besides read the clue is think it through. Uh, it rhymes nicely there. And we'll talk about some teams overthinking perhaps in the second half of this episode. But here, the the Holderness family, for instance, really benefits from just stopping, looking at it and saying, OK, this has to be something more than just place random eight by eight and a half by 11 pieces of paper up on a wall. There's got to be a pattern to this. Yeah, it's interesting. And I wonder if uh, there's any sort of like Amazing Race 32 effect here where it seems like that everybody was pretty separated from one another. Just do you think that there was anything to that where they did not want the teams to be looking on at what the other teams were doing to try to complete this detour? Well, yes and no, Rob. But we've talked about this. We talked about this a lot last season. 
where it's kind of after a certain point, it's unenforceable. They can't just put a rule down that you can't help other teams. And I wanted to get into this actually a little bit later because it does come up with the cakes. Um, I was watching some secret scenes a little bit um, of the cakes in particular, where there is a point where uh, Ken and Kim are making the wrong cake. Like they just picked a random design and they start making the cake. And, and Carol looks over and says, that's not an EU flag. And so I know that it's not something that is totally against the rules anymore, Mm -hmm. but I do think we, as we said last season, the race can take, can take steps to make sure it's not just a thing where you can give the other team the answer. They still have to do the task. Yeah. And I think this is one of those ones like you could you could yell over at somebody, it's a puzzle. They still have to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Um they're not you're not going to be able to tell them what it is and have them give an answer and run out. So I think more tasks like this where you still have to perform the task even if you know the hook and you have the you have the potential to still screw it up very badly. Right. And get eliminated if you can't figure it out. But honestly, they seem to have put some steps in place to make sure that you're not just all working together all the time. And I appreciate that. Yeah, Mike, it seems like that if they have the physical space, uh, I think they are trying to space out the stations. And uh, this is even before social distancing was the thing uh, where you cannot like look and see. Oh, they're doing a puzzle and we are just uh, like randomly wallpapering uh, this wall. Yeah, that's the thing as well. And I think it also helps that it's the first leg, right? Like, they really don't know anybody, though. It was interesting going back to the airports that we almost have, like... Although, I, many- I actually, can I add one, one thing? I, that, uh, oh, I believe please. that... Uh, so, and, and these racers uh, had not even seen The Amazing Race 32, uh, which, just, like, fourth-dimensionally... Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah but that they did could not- have seen... It's not the first time that was a problem. Right. Like, they could have seen 23, where it was all over the place. Yeah, it's true. Uh, though, again, I think we'll sort of talk about how... It seems like some teams have uh, prepared by binging more than others and maybe how that affects the way that they approach the race yeah. specifically. But uh, it's interesting, you know, going back to the t- how the teams are interacting with each other. You know, we did sort of have like these hub bots where teams would interact with each other, right? That was like the conversation between, you know, uh, between Ryan and Dusty and Anthony and Spencer, like with the California people. And, you know, again, Sam and Connie being the holdernesses. It was a good way to get to know these teams. But at the same time, I do find it interesting that, Again, if teams want to go through something strategically, they could viably say, oh, well, you were in the airport with me. Like, let's make sure to work together. But I think at this point, it was just the it's the first leg. Nobody wants to be first eliminated. And it's just not necessarily in their incentive to be like, we're going to help these teams because Mm -hmm. it might bite us in the butt again. But to Jess's point, I don't think we're getting a repeat of that uh, that roadblock from last season. Right. The one where you walk down the building and give the answer where everyone just like, the, the alliance right. just blazed through it. It seems like they're they're trying to curb those tasks. Specifically. Yeah, I have I have another thought that this didn't occur to me until we were watching it, and um, about the time where we see Phil say we're all going to send you home in the preview for next week. I wonder if they were expressly told not to contact each other during the blip, because what happens? I feel like you have three legs to get to know somebody, and you know who you like. And so then you all go home and you're going to have like, who knows how long before you can come back. Mm-hmm. Would it be in your best interest to cozy up to all of your competitors and make some alliances 
while you are off. I am sure that there was a lot of uh, fraternizing that was going on oh, in between uh, during uh, during the the blip. Uh, and I believe, and I'd have to ask uh, Haley and Amy about this specifically, but. Uh, one of the Bachelor seasons, oh, Claire. Uh, yeah. yes, that uh, basically like they they had the, the Bachelor at Claire uh, met the the Bachelor suitors, and then they went home, and then really like uh, started up a relationship with a guy, and then left, and then when they came back, they left the show because that's uh, like, hey, I found I found this guy. I don't believe they're still together. Is that they're not. Nope. They're not. Uh, so that that is one of the things that mm-hmm. can happen uh, with the start and stop. And interestingly, just to go back to uh, where we started talking about this. So production film, The Amazing Race 32, they are aware of like the kinds of things that they would like to prevent. The teams have not seen The Amazing Race 32, mm-hmm. but then after the blip, they will have watched The Amazing ah, Race 32, yep. and maybe this is more of a thing that we look for after they return from the COVID break. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like, I think, oh, I see how Will and James did it. So mm-hmm. now I can follow what they did. That being said, I did actually ask that of the producers, and I was told that they were surprised. They actually turned against it uh, after watching season 32, uh, that, that they were like, no, we're not necessarily going to do that. So I think. For them, for production, it seems like they the turned against they what? Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can look up the quote while we're talking here. Essentially, they watched 32 and they didn't like what happened. Uh, they did not like the fact that it was like an alliance controlling the game or that was like dominating a lot of the end game there. And so it does seem like it also might just be a thing of depending on the teams that you cast. Right. This happens with a lot of seasons of reality TV that. You know, some teams like to race differently than other ones. And if this group in particular was like, we're not we respect the way that the mind five played the game but we're not necessarily going to go five. that way it it's, it sounds like that. that's it's it sounds like that's what they they did uh so yeah it's it's interesting because yeah you would say maybe on the surface oh it incentivizes us to work together but maybe it's also an idea as well of like what everyone's been through right like all of these teams have probably lost someone or something over the course of the pandemic it would feel kind of rotten to come back and be like, okay, us three to the end, screw the other people. Uh, you know, they came back for nothing. We're here to, to make it to the final three teams. Mm-hmm. Okay. Something that's going to be part of the storyline moving forward uh, one way or another, as we go through the amazing race 33. All right. So uh, really it turned out like really in the first hour, this uh, task about the artist den uh, really was going to uh, decide what happened. And ultimately, uh, was the downfall of actually Michael and Mo uh, escaped this before Lulu and Lala, but then they mm-hmm. were going to have uh, some uh, struggles with uh, tracking down the Queen and Boris Johnson. But ultimately, uh, this was going to be the undoing of Michael and Mo. My winner pick. Yeah. I know it's it, it's you're the alpha or the omega, Rob. Like you either run hot or you run cold in that regard. But yeah, this was. This was tough for them. And I know Michael, uh, you know, binged a bunch of seasons of The Amazing Race. But I think it was just one of these things where the adrenaline's pumping and you're like, okay, this is what we had to do. And because they had already wallpapered the paper, the paper became much more unruly to work with Mm. when they did what all the other teams did. Right. Lay it out ahead of time and then put it up, uh, you know, in the in the format that you want to. So then they had to get like a a really excited artist judge had to hand over an entire new stack of paper to be like, you just ripped the crap out of it. So now we have to start over again. It was while you said, well, it wasn't an 
utter disaster, it was pretty close to it. Yeah. Jess, it seems like that they brought out backups uh, pretty late in the game. Uh, did you feel like that the production was ready to go with uh, backups or did somebody have to like run off like another set of copies? <laughs> I, it really surprised me that they didn't just go right to the reboot because I feel like once that's on the wall, you're not going to be able to pull it off very easily. So I think they must have as many sets as there are teams, but not every team is there. They must have a uh, spare set. Yeah. So they have to account for the possibility that every single team is going to try it. So yeah. there are extra sets. Mm -hmm. It'd be different if every team ended up trying it and then they had to go back to British Kinkos and get more. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they had to wait for some of the other teams to clear the other detour. Like, all right, mm. nobody's doubling back. Nobody's going to quit the detour and then yeah. uh, come back this way. All right. Do uh, you know we have extra copies over here? Like, uh, let me uh, supply yeah. you with a new one, Michael and Mo. This, this was a really great showcase, though, for Penn. And we're really going to see the Alpha and the Omega yeah. of Penn Holderness over the course of these two hours. But I mean, Jesse, you sort of mentioned, you know, uh, how much you were inspired by like his own talk about uh, him with ADHD. But I, I really just love him not only the way he describes it but kind of typifies it as a superpower in some forms of the amazing race including this task right where he's able to like sit down just look at the patterns not concentrate on everyone around him and as a result they like breeze through it pretty quickly yeah i think what i'm seeing like i've never seen anybody run this race as closely to how i would run the race for better or worse and it's really it's kind of wild to watch this but because you know the puzzle I'm great at puzzles. I got, we do them for fun. Um, but then like the low point of that is going to be, you're going to be looking at the answer and saying, this can't possibly be it. I didn't, you know, I, I did this correctly. Am I sure I did this correctly? Do I need to get a check now? What do I do? Um, mm -hmm. That's definitely it is it is really wild to watch this yeah uh pen had a great quote during this that he said he was uh john gnashing uh my ass off which i feel like uh would be a great <laughs> quote to hear like jonathan penner uh, say i'm john yes. gnashing my ass off yeah but I, it's the gif of that woman with the math going around mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah um just on a bigger note, we haven't really talked too much about uh, Kim and Penn uh, on this episode, but I thought that they were really, really funny. Uh, they really did uh, deliver. And I think it's hard to like come in and be people that are supposed to be funny and then deliver on uh, the actual show. And I thought that they were really, really fun to have uh, throughout these two hours of the race. Yeah, they're having a I good mean, time. Yeah. It's it's it can be a roll of the dice sometimes, as we saw with the social media season, right? Of like, oh, look what these people are famous for. Will it apply to the Amazing Race? It helps that they're really big fans of the show, right? That it doesn't feel as manufactured as just like, a, oh, I'm in front of the camera, better perform. It does seem genuinely that they were excited to be there. Kim shows a bit of her vulnerability, right, by talking about, uh, you know, how she was sadly for kids, like it was like a happy cry in the taxi on the way to the airport. Uh, I will push back a bit. Uh, Penn, I don't know. I, I I thought I didn't hear oatmeal at first, but now I guess I can only hear oatmeal. <laughs> mm -hmm. the Amazing Race theme song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, I can hear my own name thanks to Shut Up Tim, but <laughs> that's true. Right. Uh, yeah, that's what I, I wish I would have pulled that sound clip. Yeah. That, that what what is the chance that people are saying in the Amazing Race theme song? Just in 33 seasons of talking about the Amazing Race, I feel like this has never come up before. I assumed it's kind of the same as the Survivor theme song. It doesn't actually have lyrics. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're supposed to, maybe you're supposed to make up your own lyrics. And it, 
if that mm. is the case, I think they they completed the assignment. Is this a pro oatmeal podcast? Of course, Mike. Are- I mean, I I abstain. Uh, I don't. I there was a period of time where I used to want to eat oatmeal more so out of like necessity than actual desire. Now that I don't need to, uh, I'm fine keeping that mealy stuff in the. Why cupboard. Why did you need to? Uh, I used to be a server and work like long eight to 10 hour shifts where I was on my feet all the time. And it was mm-hmm. like, I don't know when I'm going to have a meal. So like, let me have something that will literally sit in my stomach for mm-hmm. the entire day and mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah. So oatmeal is what I invested in. Okay. Well, and I know Rob, you are famously anti-food at large. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I am very much pro food. I just don't like to talk about food too much because then people yuck my yum and criticize all of my food takes, but I am very much pro oatmeal. All right, so and eat it almost every day. So we're sixty six percent pro oatmeal. On mm-hmm. this that's, a, that's a fair representation of the populace at large. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I guess so. Yes. Did, did they talk about oatmeal because they're the old people on the race and they have to talk about what they're they, they, the only thing they can eat with their you know slowly going teeth? <laughs> well, they did become uh, the old the old couple on the race, uh, but uh, that they did have some uh, major support from Phil Kogan in this episode because as they wrapped up uh, this leg of the race, here was uh, what Phil said to them: "Please kick some ass because we just can't have all young people, you know, winning all the time." Yeah, please, please kick some ass. We can't have young people winning all the time. They're forty-five. <laughs> Wait, they're older than us. Yeah. Now, does Phil seem to not love it when young people win the show? Well, I'm trying to look at, okay, so Will and James were 30 and 31, but before them was Colin and Christy, who were 38 and 40. Mm-hmm. Like, we're fairly up there. Uh, you know, I guess Jess and Cody were fairly young, but I would say that there's definitely advantage when it comes to stamina, I suppose, so for young people, but... I don't know. Maybe it's just because as the every every age that I advance, every year that I go uh, before I shuffle off this mortal coal, it's like looking at the the timeline of age on reality shows and realizing the sliding scale of what quote unquote old means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like realizing that you're older than every person that plays in the NBA. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> one of the reasons that I uh, don't mind Tom Brady sticking around. Fair. Hmm. Um, so uh there's only one young that phil cares about and uh he was on season one of tough as nails <laughs> i think he was fairly old as well so <laughs> yeah i uh, just that was a fun uh moment with phil on the mat uh i wonder if like uh if phil is like uh secretly rooting against like the ray and caros of the world i don't think he's rooting against them but i think it's one of those things like stick I it mean, to the young people yeah, I mean, get back on TikTok. Get off my race. I, Rob, you're a Mets fan. Mm-hmm. So it's like, we're excited when they win. We want them to win. But it's not like we're, it's not like we have this deep-seated hatred for most of the other teams. Speak for yourself, Jeff. Like, look, okay, it's the, the Phillies are a different story. Mm-hmm. The Yankees mm-hmm. are a different story. Mm-hmm. But if you're just like, oh, I hate you, Colorado Rockies. Don't mm-hmm. win anything ever. No, nobody cares about them. Yeah, nobody cares about them. It's I think that's how Phil approaches it. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think it's also unfortunate for poor Akbar and Sherry, who had a hell of a first leg, where they are the same age as Kim and Penn. Mm-hmm. But because Kim and Penn checked in first, I guess they got the Phil Kogan seal of approval for quote unquote old people mm-hmm. later. Yeah, so the, the young people. We don't know. He might have asked them to please he might have asked them to please kick some ass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh 
For Akbar and Sherry, it was a rough uh, first leg uh, where Akbar was really uh, pushing Sherry and Sherry uh, seemingly was uh, not, not loving uh, being on the Amazing Race to start. I think they might have not really understood the assignment going mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're also like incredibly busy people. Like from what they were talking about with that that lights on program, considering they're busy for the entirety of the day and also from six to eleven PM at night and also taking care of their children, it's understandable that they didn't have time to walk around with bottles on their I, I think they say Sherry's tired. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing as well. I'll admit this made me feel a little uncomfortable. That being said, like like Sherry said, this is just the way they talk to each other mm-hmm. sometimes. But I don't know. I personally get pretty mad at Akbar because uh, I am not the most like athletically inclined person, but he's trying to talk to her like a coach. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm like, you just got to dig in. Pain is weakness leaving the body. Like, don't give me these Wheaties box quotes, okay? I'm going to go with my own damn pain. Especially not on leg one. Yeah. Like, if we're doing something really intense in like leg eight, okay. But mm-hmm. I don't need you to start at an 11 on leg one. All right, so the teams uh, had to go from the detour to go and uh, head out to the bar to meet up with uh, the Queen and Boris Johnson having a nosh. Uh, Just where does this rank in uh, the all-time amazing race uh, pantheon of go meet a famous doppelganger? Better or worse than go take a photo with Barack Obama? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I loved that one. Um, I loved Winston Churchill. We'll give them their next clue. Um, I, I, I like the, I think this is better to have a human, but I wonder, I, I know that there's a, there's a thriving industry of celebrity lookalikes. Yeah. And I just have to wonder like how you go about, like you must, there must be like a, an agency you go to and like, I'm going to need one queen and one Boris Johnson. I, it's it's very funny to me. And what if that was your job? Mm-hmm. I want to say I I think they were pretty good lookalikes though. The Boris Johnson one, especially. I love I love that they had him wearing a helmet. Why uh, Why was Boris Johnson wearing a, a helmet? Because he's an avid cyclist. Sa- a yeah, cyclist. There's a, there's, okay. There's yeah. a lot of photos of him wearing a helmet. Okay. I had asked in the Rob's podcast patron Discord. I was watching the episode live on uh, Wednesday night. I was chatting and I was asking, uh, like, can anybody explain to me why is is this a thing? Why does Boris Johnson wear a helmet? Uh, one person said, "Oh, it's because he has helmet hair that they get, <laughs> that he looks like he just took a helmet off." That I mean, you can say reason. a lot of things about Boris Johnson's hair, but I don't think he has helmet hair necessarily. Hmm. I mean, it's it's not wrong. He always does look like he just took a bike helmet off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I just loved, like, there are some moments where you sort of look at your life and you're like, I can't believe someone actually put these words together. And Ray saying, Boris Johnson, what's good, my guy? <laughs> one of them. I don't think I ever... Well, I mean, Love Island was uh, originally a British show that uh, there is some connective <laughs> tissue there. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe when Digibloom ends up greeting the prime minister <laughs> eventually. Doris Bush Johnson, what's good, my guy? (laughs) I think my favorite moment with uh, Boris and the Queen was, was it Kim or Penn that asked, uh, that uh, Your Majesty, uh, do you have any advice for us? Uh, What's some advice for us? And I I believe that uh, it was Boris Johnson who said, uh, you need to drink a lot of water. (laughs) But just 
don't drink it from the tap because when it comes from the Thames, it is not good water. Mm-hmm. So drink <laughs> bottled water if you can, or get one of those Evia, uh, those Brita pitchers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any advice? Drink, drink plenty of water. I love that. I, I that, again, I think that is a bit of the holderness is playing into it, right? Like, uh, I don't think this is the Dwight Schrute. I am ninety percent sure that that is not the real <laughs> Queen and Boris Johnson, but they yeah. were playing into it. it right? Was they were fun. kissing her on the cheek. Yeah, and also like uh, I, I like that uh, you know a team that is going to like stop down for a second and uh, like like have have uh, a moment of fun and like uh, give us give us something instead of just like racing in, grab the clue out of Boris Johnson's hand and r- run out of there. Yeah. On to the next thing. They're appreciating that they're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I now, guess I like that. Interestingly, if this had been filmed after the blip, I think people would have had much less kind words for the queen if they saw her noshing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not to mention Boris Johnson <laughs> and Boris Johnson. Leave Meghan Markle alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, for Boris Johnson, also uh, that <laughs> hopefully uh, he wasn't watching because uh, that there was some unkind <laughs> uh, descriptions of Boris Johnson. How do we know who he is? Uh, he's blonde and fat. It's not inaccurate. Mm-hmm. I, I was a little more uh, perturbed by the fact that uh, nobody knew what a nosh was. I mean, uh, granted, we're three tri-staters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. By you know, by various at various points in our lives. So of course we know what a nosh is, but is that really not a thing people say outside of New York? How many people from the tribe were on this season in a manner of mm, speaking, right? Because I do point. feel like it's a very uh Yiddish term. It's like, oh, yeah. we'll have a nosh, we'll have some fish. Mm-hmm. Morris. <laughs> I, I've been in New York too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh you have to go and find uh Boris Johnson. Uh that that seemingly was the one thing that saved uh Lulu and Lala uh as uh they were able to uh just edge out Michael and Mo in tracking them down. And uh basically the teams uh were checking in. Anthony and yeah, Spencer, so talk- number one. Yeah, so uh, I will say this pit stop was awesome. I wish we had had a greeter. It felt weird for it to just be Phil, but I love it being under like, I don't know, is that the whale carcass? Is that like a giant plesiosaur? What is it? Was what the was that Natural now? History Museum, yeah. They, they so say in like a the secret more, scene that it's a whale. Okay, so it's the more uh, the, the more like graphic version of the whale in the New York Natural History Museum, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Anthony and Spencer, we should mention here, like they and Ryan and Dusty, if we're talking about teams working together, they sort of do like the happy medium, right? Where they're like, yeah, we'll work together to get through the detour. And then they just happen to sort of be neck and neck for the rest of the leg. But they end up edging out Ryan and Dusty here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, Anthony and Spencer, uh, they're able to uh, win win a leg here, Jess. I I. I feel vindicated mm-hmm. by my prediction that they're going to be the boring team that wins all the legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they did not win the second leg. Uh, no, they, but did they did not. They did uh, win uh, leg number one. So congratulations to uh, the other team with that energy. <laughs> yes. Won the leg. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Ryan and Dusty, we haven't talked too much about them. Uh, I did feel like that they were um, bigger personalities than I anticipated. Uh, yeah. yeah I, that like, I kind of felt like that Ryan and Dusty, uh, I, I thought we're going to be like a little bit more like uh, very serious talking about uh, the Ryan's court case and being wrongfully imprisoned. But uh, Mike, they were very goofy. I loved I know he probably gives it as a line all the time, but I love 
So what do you do? And Ryan replies, it's more so what I didn't do. Uh, <laughs> I know that, again, that's something that he probably says all the time, but it's it works. It works as a phrase. And yeah, I mean, maybe it's a thing of like just wanting to keep things light, given just the past decade of turmoil that Ryan has been through. But yeah, these guys are kind of goofballs. <laughs> and I love that. I love that. I love like the, the Chippendales-esque, like surprising alpha male goofballs. And these two guys seem to be, especially Dusty. Yeah, Dusty well, Dusty is, has a lighter spirits than Ryan, certainly. When you're when you're calling yourself Dusty, I don't know whether it's biological <laughs> or a self-appointed nickname. Like, there's got to be some personality to you. Are there any boring Dusties? Are there any Dusties, period? Dusty Baker. Dusty Springfield. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess all the Dusties are fun. I guess that that's a, that that's a thing. All the Dusties are fun. Yeah, so yet another fun Dusty here. But yeah, they seem like another capable team, but so like I feel like all of the top three teams uh, ran like a pretty flawless opening. Like again, granted, I don't think there was much room for error, especially when you're do when you didn't do the artist den task. But I think I wouldn't be surprised, frankly, if these were the final three teams. I think they all seem incredibly capable. What What are your uh, top three? Anthony Spencer, Ryan, and Dusty, and and uh, the flight attendants. I think so because Raquel and Kayla. I talked about this during the preview, right? That like I was nervous that while flight attendants you feel like might have a shoe in that they're not necessarily complete it's not like a one-to-one flight attendants always do well on the race but it does feel like whether it's their camaraderie or just their set of skills or not the fact that they were you know happened to be in london as soon as a couple of weeks ago like raquel and kayla were very solid over these first two legs so i think they're especially given the competition around them if they're able to sort of handle when that killer fatigue wears on and they have to travel from country to country considering what's that that's their job i think they're actually in fairly good standing to do well here it was the holderness family uh they were four uh caro and ray uh were five uh, i'm sure we'll talk uh, more about them in uh the second hour <laughs> akbar and sherry ultimately rally to be uh team number six connie and sam uh i don't think we've mentioned them at all so far uh they came in uh team seven and uh, they seemed like haplessly lost but ultimately they went with the uh digi ben uh side of the detour and came out okay yeah well sam was really no matter what his wife was telling him he was always no it's bobby bobby is a person i need to find bobby uh and i guess he feels like he was right in that the bobby was a person uh it wasn't like a bobby pin as kayla was thinking about before or a statue of a man named bobby which delighted me to no end i would really loved if there was somehow a landmark within one of these major cities of just some guy and it says Bobby on it and that's it. Like no commemorations, no commendations for what they did. It's just Bobby. Uh, but I think they definitely brought some delight to that misunderstanding. Uh, Sam did also have a kind of a weird comment earlier where he's like, all right, you got to keep it up so I can see your good side. Whoa. Yeah, it was a little odd, a little strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, then, uh, we also then had, uh, Taylor and Isaiah, we haven't talked about them, uh, too much, uh, just, they were able to overcome a bad start on, uh, the artist den task, but, uh, they came in ninth in, uh, the first leg. Yeah, I think they're solid. They're figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Did you like, uh, their, op- their own opening line of, we met on a website called lumberjack.com. Lumberjack. Lumberjack. Yeah. That's something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, then finally, it was a race to the finish line for Lulu and Lala and uh, Michael and Mo. Uh, Lulu and Lala, we still have time to talk about, but uh, parting thoughts on Michael and Mo. We didn't really get to know them that mm-hmm. much. 
I, 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 we got the package that I assumed we were going to get with them, like making up a song about going on the amazing race. And mm. it's pretty much all we got. Yeah. Is they, is, are they are they the Wanda Shirk of this season? They got their own <laughs> song about the Amazing Race. What's that? I know they Dan said last time they had original music. Was this just one of their original songs, or do you think it was actually about the Amazing Race? Mm. I I think they probably took one of their original songs and wrote new lyrics to it. Yeah, I do not think that they were licensing any songs. Although that might explain some of the tasks this season if they had to license a song for Michael and Mo to sing. I mean, yeah. the, the year that they had to buy the right stuff to play every time Jonathan Knight was on screen. Yeah, yeah. or that time they played Seven Nation Army 50 billion times in the finale of The Amazing Race 31. They might still be paying that one off. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so maybe this is the season where they were going to just like, all right, uh, we got to make up all that money we spent uh, to the Seven Nation Army. Yeah, so it's the point where we're not going to license that music we have to make up a guy named digi ben and we're going to use his music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay um michael and mo uh what might have been interestingly this is the third season in a row where a male male team has been eliminated first uh considering how again in the early days of the amazing race there was a lot of discourse about like how much the guy guy teams were just crushing it i i do find it interesting how much things have sort of settled out to a more natural pace mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think it's less, I think the casting has kind of spoken to that. Like they're casting teams that have a wider variety of strengths and weaknesses instead of just being like, you know, they have the same teams. I think very early on in our time as pod- podcasters about The Amazing Race, I wrote an article about like the 11 teams you find on every season of The Amazing Race. And oh, yeah. I'm, I'm finding that as time has gone on, we've been able to, We've not been able to pinpoint which team they are out of those categories quite as neatly as we used to be able to. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's get into uh, the second hour of The Amazing Race. Uh, Mike, what did you think about going right into the start of the next leg? Uh, it's interesting to sort of do the, okay, London at night versus London in the day. Uh, I think, unfortunately, because we didn't have sort of an hours of operation or a natural equalizer, it does kind of force a little less of a shakeup from leg one to two than we might have hoped, right? Like, there is some stuff like Connie and Sam and Aruna and Natalia jump up majorly though i think that's more so due to the choice in detour which we'll talk about in a little bit but like for example lulu and lala had a pretty bad day the first day when they like got lost on the way to uh to you know uh the to the buckingham palace and then like unfortunately because they were in such a backwards position they pretty much continued on that trajectory and there were few opportunities for them to really catch up through the rest of the leg Okay. Our first uh, task, uh, the roadblock, uh, is uh, who still gets the mail? Just why was the Amazing Race being so shady about the mail? Well, maybe they're being prophetic because we had a lot of problems with the mail later on in the year. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But this is almost like, really? uh, Do you still mail? Yeah, these kids, why don't you just send a TikTok? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You kids with your phones. Yeah, I mean, people are gonna have problems getting their mail, but this is almost like uh, uh, the onus on like who still gets mail. I love I love the name Mail Rail though. It sounds like the name of a club that Digi Ben performs at every <laughs> night. Yeah, or I I honestly like I had a lot of fun with Mail Rail. Um, sorry, that was that came out really wrong. <laughs> yes, we haven't gotten to the Master Bakers yet. Please, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. Would you take someone you met on lumberjack.com to the mail rail? <laughs> I think we're this off the usually, mail rails right now. This is usually Mike Bloom's territory. I, I'm in unfamiliar territory here. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Just hold on, and the mail rail will take you there and back. Okay. All right. I hope so. All right. Uh, the the mail rail uh, task uh, involved uh, you got in like a tiny little train. And then uh, got to a, a cardboard box that was filled with like uh, a couple of packages and some letters. And uh, th- that luckily a couple of teams like uh, made this task a lot harder than it actually was. Because uh, just this would be like if I was playing the amazing race with my kids in the house. Like, uh, <laughs> I think here, let me hide something in a stack of letters here. Can you find the clue? Well, I think maybe the problem is if you've watched too much Amazing Race, you might have run across a very similar task in season 11 in All-Stars. Rob and Amber, who were like everybody's heavy favorites to win the whole thing, go out on leg four in a task where they have to sort through mail to find a clue. So I think if you're watching that, you're assuming it's got to be at least that hard. Mm -hmm. And when it's not that hard, I, I can definitely see where you'd fall into the trap of overthinking. Mike, I'm wondering if the issue here for Penn and for Ray was that the clue was not the traditional, like, bright yellow Amazing Race clue color and was more of like a taupe Amazing Race Mm -hmm. clue color. And while it was like size and shape, what you were looking for, it wasn't the traditional, like, yellow Amazing Race clue. I mean... To be honest, I don't begrudge either team terribly for overthinking it. First, look, I would be certainly throwing a glass, a stone through an automatically like demolished glass house if I'm like, how dare people on reality TV overthink things and be anxious about things? Uh, so I can understand it. And to Jess's point, especially, I'll admit, when I first saw this task, I was like, great, needle in a haystack. We see this all the time. It's going to be a great opportunity. Uh, this was needle in a sewing store. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, it's right there. There we go. <laughs> I just walked in. There's there are the needles. Perfect. I get to mm-hmm. walk out right now. Mm-hmm. Where Raquel says, "Oh, it's probably on the bottom." There it is. Okay, done. They probably looked through what fifty letters. Maybe was in that little mail trundle, and mm-hmm. that was it. So like, they I thought they were going to be searching through like a pile, hundreds and hundreds nope. of letters. <laughs> nope. 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 Uh, it was right there. I, I have more problems like finding like, where is that bill? Uh, like I, we have so much junk mail here at this house. Like it's got to be around here somewhere. Uh, this was a lot more straightforward. Just it also we, we talked about the issue of Ray and Penn overthinking it. Anthony uh, brought his own flavor of making it harder by uh, like, oh, no. I'm going to, it must be in one of these packages. I have to unwrap every single package and open every envelope that's in here. Yeah. Well, again, it's one of those things where if it's right there, it's like there's got to be more to it because the amazing race is going to pull that kind of stuff on you. And I think at that point, at that point, I would be like, if I think this is the clue, 
I'm going to go back and see if it is the clue. And then I might have to come back and do it again. But there's a, there's a lot of those, like if you have the dance task and it's like, I might as well try to do the dance now, because if they're going to be really exacting, then I'll have to come back and do it again anyway. But if they're not going to be really exacting, I'll be out of here very quickly. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those things where it's like, just get back on the mail rail and go back and have them look at the clue and see if that is the clue. Cause if it is, then you're done. Yeah. Yeah, otherwise you get nailed by the mail rail. Uh, and then you end up at the tail end of the pack. Yeah, uh, and yeah. it's a mail rail fail. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. If only they had hashtags still on the show. Like that would have been perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it really should have been again, like are they were they understandably overthinking it? Yes. Did they stay for far too long? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the fact that they're going through being like, all right, uh Lindsay, is this a thing? Is they're gonna ask a question about Lindsay? Because occasionally Lindsay. they'll have tasks, right? We're like Lindsay. So many who done it references. I love it. Where you uh you take the train back and they're like okay, great. And what was the address on the envelope that you saw? And they're like, oh, crap. And then you have to go back. I can understand wanting to hedge your bets and try to memorize something under the case of, okay, maybe I'll be asked something supplementary so I don't have to go back again. I don't necessarily understand. They not they didn't wait past one train, but two trains, I think, passed by before they're finally like, okay, maybe we should go along with it. I, I feel like you wait a little bit if there is anything that really sticks out to you, but if you can't find any discernible pattern, just get back on that mail rail and then write it till the sun don't shine. Okay. So we uh, got to see uh, the teams uh, fly in uh, that were like, they were grabbed their clues. Uh, Ray and Penn were like, okay, oh, uh, it might just be that easy. It also, I think it didn't help these two particular people, I think, fed each other's insecurities yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, also that the fact that Anthony was as somebody who is coming off of uh, two mafia games the other night uh, <laughs> that they really didn't read too much into like Anth- uh, like Anthony uh, said that this way, but he said it like in a very suspicious way. I don't know if we could trust him. It's kind of sus. It was kind of sus. And they felt like, no, Anthony is trying to trick us. Yeah, I think, well, this is, this feeds into why I don't play Mafia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, yeah, people can check a- out our Robin's podcast, uh, Podcaster Mafia, four hour extravaganza uh, featuring uh, two games of Mafia with our RJP podcasters and some commentary by um, uh, Mike Bloom. Did you? Yeah, yes. and zero involvement from me because, again, this is why I don't play Mafia. Yeah, mm-hmm. but at the same time, again, like that is reading into it way too much. Again, it's leg two. I don't think we're going to have any capital V villains on the race being like, haha, I'm going to feed them false information and then get back on the mail rail and leave them in the dust. Like, nobody's going to be that duplicitous on leg two of the amazing race. Uh, just, just go and along. And that's with what how the said. Mafia gets you, Mike. <laughs> I think you're still stinging, Rob, from that, uh, from, you know, getting duped at the end of the day. <laughs> like, but oh. Most of the, but the majority of the time, like, you have the right reads in that case. And if anything, worse comes to worse, if Anthony is indeed, like, you know, wrong, you're in the same boat as him. Right. Right. You're literally the in the same, same train as him. Same uh, mail rail. Exactly. You get, you get in there and they say, okay, go back. You're like, okay, well, now I have at least one other team to go with. If they're like, Two no, no, no. He's trying to trick us. Uh, mm-hmm. We got to stay behind and clearly find the right answer. I think it, it was like right instinct, both wrong implementation and also I think wrong timing. Where now they sort of got backed up uh, by the other was it two or three teams came in and almost like beat them in line as it were. Okay, 
Let's talk about uh, one of the great detours in uh, the Amazing Race history. We have Decorate or Bullseye Mate. That's a stretch. Mm. Teams will get a chance to play darts or they will get to uh, decorate a cake. Yes. Darts or culinary arts. Oh, that's better. Oh, mm-hmm. there we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, l- Frosting or sharp things. <laughs> oh, there you go. Darts or tarts. Oh, there. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they were doing burlesque, that would be a better one mm-hmm. All um, right. for darts or tarts. But, but uh, why don't we uh, take a listen to uh, the description of, uh, you know, bullseye mate, pretty self-explanatory. Both teams uh, have to throw a dart and get a bullseye. But uh, this is how Phil described the task of uh, decorating the cake. If they pick the right EU countries and the right flags, the master baker will make their day and hand them a clue. Uh, <laughs> the the master baker, Phil. Uh, master baker. Mm-hmm. Fresh from the mail rail. He's here to make your day. <laughs> he knows what he's doing just as surely as Jeff Probst knows what he's doing when he talks about balls. The master baker. Yeah. Yeah. And But he'll turn you away if there's some, uh, you know, bad spots on your frosting. Okay. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that, mm-hmm. but I don't mm-hmm. want to know. Okay. All right. Um, Jess, uh, darts in the amazing race. Uh, go to a bar and throw uh, darts. Uh, that In all time, amazing race tasks. Uh, does this involve like the least amount of setup ever by production? I mean, it's already all right there in front of them. <laughs> um, they did do darts in Amazing Race Canada. It was uh, mm. what they call a face-off, which is what they call a head-to-head there. Um, I I don't hate it. It's a little bit low budget. Mm-hmm. I think they could have made it more interesting. And again, I know why. They, I know why they don't do this, but I still think it would be amazing. Every time you do not get the targets in the allotted amount of time, you should have to drink a pint. I know a pint. That's, that's like by uh, you know, it, maybe if it was more like college Amazing Race, you'd be able to do that. But I can understand from legal perspectives why you wouldn't yes, be able to like I understand have inebriated why. people handling sharp objects, as it were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this this felt a little basic to me. I think it makes sense as to why this was by far the faster detour to complete. Like once again, Sam and Connie and Arun and Natalia basically catapult themselves to the top of the pack just by doing this alone. Uh, I guess you could only really struggle if you're just garbage at darts but as sam tells connie like just keep throwing it and you're bound to hit the bullseye at some point especially if you're like if you're in the vicinity infinite monkeys and infinite typewriters uh will write shakespeare it's it's a learning curve like darts Mm -hmm. is easy to pick up like you just have to do it a few literally it's very light yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but we should also see talk about what we mentioned last week our perspective scenario we know ted lasso would have crushed this right (laughs) yeah well, yeah, Ted Lasso. Of course, that if they did the Amazing Race thirty three, do you think it would have been uh, go find Ted Lasso and Coach Beard at the pub having a nosh? Coach go Beard, find, what's been my guy? Roy Ken? Yeah, I really wanted at the end of the leg when Phil was offering people tea. I really wanted someone to say, "This is hot brown water and it's garbage." Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, then it could have been darts or Jamie Tart, and then we could have really had something going. <laughs> 
All right. Yeah. Um, so back at the task uh, with the master baker, uh, the teams had to recreate a cake, two cakes uh, uh, with the, featuring the flags of uh, two nations in the EU. Uh, just a good task or bad task? I thought this was a fun task. This is, you know, again, kind of low budget, but at least entertaining and interesting and involving a little bit of Trivia knowledge, which you guys know I always love. Um, I, the thing I wondered was, were there only two options? Because everybody seemed to end up at France and Germany. I wonder if there were other ones there that they could have chosen. Yeah, it's a good question. I'm trying to think about the other cakes. I'm sure if we can rewatch. I'm sure there were other options. But I mean, that's, I think, unfortunately, what yeah. contributed to the task being fairly easy is like, those are such easy chalk picks to make. Mm-hmm. Like, if you do a family feud of name a country in Europe, People are probably going to say like France, Germany and Italy are probably in the top five. And then Mm -hmm. from there, it's like, okay, if they're there, I'm assuming they're in the EU. Now, I'll admit, I did not know Norway wasn't in the EU, but I also would not have chosen Norway based on a jacket. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Can I have your Norway jacket, Anthony? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need a flag expert. I don't know if Akiva or Chester are listening uh, (laughs) that can uh, let us know about the uh, potential. I think I saw Texas uh, as one of the cakes. No, I think that was um, that might have been the Dominican Republic or Uh, I saw South Africa uh, was in there. Puerto Rico looks a lot like Texas. Mm -hmm. I was hoping someone took South Africa so the master baker could be like, that's not even in our continent, man. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Again, in the secret scene, Penn had the Jamaican flag mm-hmm. he was trying to recreate before he was told not to do that. Yeah. Um, I saw Jamaica. I saw Kenya. I saw. Yeah, I, there was a lot. What would be the most delicious flag? Honestly, I thought Germany looked pretty good because you had blackberries and peaches mm-hmm. and raspberries. That sounds like a winning combination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know about any flags with green because what's is that kiwi? That had to be kiwi. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. If Josh Wiggler would like the kiwi, but I don't. I don't love kiwi on a cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah, the teams were decorating uh, the the cake. I mean, I feel like that wasn't that exciting. Uh, watching this task uh, play out, I feel like that uh, darts. As much as it was sort of a low budge, I felt like it was a little bit more exciting to watch people throw the well, darts. I mean, what I did find interesting is this is one of those amazing race qualitative, not quantitative tasks, right? Where this was a judge it was really a producer in his ear saying if the cakes were good or not. I'll admit I was a little sad about this judge because I think he gave away too much info. Uh, I think mm-hmm. he could have very easily just been like, nope. And they have to figure out, OK, yeah. was it was it bad cake making? Did I pick the wrong flag? Like, let them get in their heads. Don't you don't need to necessarily handhold them and be like, all right, just so you know, country isn't in the EU and you also made this mistake. So make sure you correct it again. I guess I could understand it given it's the first couple of legs, but I feel like compared to the infamous Amazing Race 21, uh, the next round, you know, pencils down guy. It just feels mm-hmm. like the exact opposite. Yeah, well, it is one of those things where I think we've talked about this a lot over the years where some of the judges do tell you what's wrong and some of the judges don't give you anything at all. And it's an interesting mix of both where I think it keeps you on your toes. You don't know how much information you're going to get or whether it 
behooves you to try it when you know it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. I think that adds another element of strategy. I did think he was a little wishy-washy at times also. Like he was a little Mm -hmm. bit sort of like, "Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He's waiting for the producer to tell him. Okay, it's good. Uh, And then also uh, the the bakery is going to close in like two minutes. mm -hmm. I think we should probably just give him the go ahead. And then I feel like that with Kim and one of her cakes, like he was like, it's good. And she's like, yeah, what? but is is this okay? He's like, ah, you know what? Actually, (laughs) too much drip. That's it. No good. Usually having too much drip is a good thing. You want to have too much drip. Yeah, I'm walking to the mail rail with too much drip. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but the master baker uh, that I felt like that uh, he was probably most impressed with uh, Taylor and Isaiah. Uh, I thought he was going to give him a Hollywood handshake because uh, he said that their cakes were perfect. Yeah, it was it was pretty. I, I was I was kind of wishing that we'd get somebody from gbbo to be on here mm-hmm. um, you think it would be better if it was a paul hollywood impersonator like boris johnson i mean they must have those, mm-hmm. those are the, just, boris johnson, yeah. the boris johnson impersonator in a silver wig and a silver goatee in fairness i think you're more likely to see uh, uh paul hollywood be a boris johnson impersonator when they do uh sketches on the great british <laughs> yeah. Off. i think he has actually done that yeah i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> that, uh, that'd be the thing. Maybe they were supposed to do an achy breaky tart task, but they couldn't afford the rights to the music. Mm-hmm. So they had to go darts with or achy breaky tarts. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, the teams are going to be uh, going through making their cakes, playing darts. Uh, we had some drama with Arun and Natalia uh, trying to figure out the darts. Uh, it was such an interesting uh, turnabout where Natalia finally got a bullseye and it was up to Arun to uh, have to hit a bullseye and he couldn't do it. Yeah, I really love this dynamic. They're another team that I really enjoyed. Uh, Arun just has such like happy dad vibes to me where again clearly this is his dream and so like he's just having a lot of fun he has his own sort of like devilish moment right where uh caro's like where are you going he's like oh we're going to do this detour oh i hope you find it not basically <laughs> in the, the taxi uh but i also love their story right how it's sort of bucking the 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 indian tradition of like the hard line conservative father arun is more so like no you do what you need to do and he's incredibly proud of his daughter's success as well so I really like them. It seems like hopefully they're here to stay considering they were able to bounce back from that first leg. Like they said, a lot of good teams have like first leg jitters where they have to shake out how they're going to run the race. So I'm happy that they did so well. Uh, but yeah, Natalia is able to, you know, uh, supersede her father in that one regard when he's telling her how to play darts the entire time. All right. We got some drama, though, with Lulu and Lala. And <laughs> Lulu and uh, Lala, they were working on their cake. And Lulu brings up her ex and her ex, uh, I think, uh, prophetically predicted you will do bad on the amazing race. You will be you'll be last. And Lulu is talking about how that for her that he was right. Uh, I hate to say it, but he was right. We are we're doing bad. And Lala gets gets pissed. Drop it. Drop it. Why are you talking about this guy? And then. Lala and Lulu are, are fighting, Jess, and, and not the first time we see twins fighting uh, early on in an amazing race season. Yeah, I well, I feel like it's possible that it's possible that Lala has heard a lot about this guy in the past. <laughs> they live together. They work together. Like she basically, she basically is dating this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I get the feeling that this is not the first conversation they've had about him. 
And I think maybe she did not want to bring him with them on the amazing race. Yeah. Drop your bags when you're getting this close to the checkpoint. Yeah. You don't need extra baggage on the amazing race. You want to be streamlined. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, th- this fight starts when they're making uh, uh, when uh, is it starting in, in the cab and, and it goes on for a while. So it starts with the cakes, right? That's when yeah. Lala is because that's when Lulu really gets in her head. Right. She's like, I knew it. Yeah, he said he said, I'm the worst. This is terrible. And Lala's like, snap out of it. Don't say <sighs> that. And then when they get in the cab, Lulu's like, so about what you said. Uh, and actually, I think Lala is the one who cries, though, because she's mm-hmm. just like, uh, I can't believe like you took it so personally what i was trying to encourage you to do her and akbar i think really part of like the tough love mentality <laughs> on this race yeah so uh we'll see do you think there's any chance jess that after the blip could we find out that lulu and her ex got back together that would be really awkward because there would be a point where they're doing badly on the race and mm-hmm. it would be really hard not to say. Yeah, maybe she calls it like, you were right. I do doing really bad. We're lucky we came in the next to last like, every single worry. time. I'm, like, I'm the ringer. Bring me in. Instead, it's not a set of Lulu and Lala. It's like, I don't know, Lulu and Doodoo or whatever uh, her, her ex-boyfriend's <laughs> name is. Well, Lala thinks he's Doodoo. That's for sure. I mean, I don't like this guy and I've never even met him. So I mm-hmm. don't want to see him on TV. Yeah. Uh, but maybe that the, maybe the ex is like, and this is why you fail. And like, uh, like maybe they sort of like, you know, figure it all out. They come back, new team, uh, ready to go. Like maybe, maybe they come back and, and he says, I'm going to make sure that you don't do badly on the amazing race. Mm-hmm. He's going to like coach them. You think that he oh, put a hex a on them? I mean, I don't know how badly it ended. Mm-hmm. Maybe he did. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was bitter because he wanted to go in the amazing race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so interesting. I can't think of many situations where someone comes in with this, right? Usually it's like, I don't know, maybe like a sick family member or a death in the family or like a, a big, you know, traumatic incident that I've been through. And she's like, I've been through a breakup. <laughs> and I guess it must have happened. Like a wound seems pretty fresh, does it mm-hmm. not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe it was like, uh, maybe it was Lulu and Lala left. They found out they were going on the Amazing Race, and the boyfriend says, "Like, hold up a second, Lulu. Can we have a chat before you go mm-hmm. to the airport? I want to just run one quick thing by you." Yeah. All right. So Phil sets up in uh, a double decker bus uh, and says that a great thing to do in the double decker bus is to drink tea. Now, this has not been my experience in moving vehicles. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to have an open container on a <laughs> double decker bus. <laughs> Yeah, I have found that in like driving around, I feel like scalding hot liquid is not what I like to have. Uh, I don't know. It's no good. These, these Brits have cold temperament. Maybe they need that scalding hot liquid to just like yeah. wake them up and do something. But yeah, yeah, on a brisk day. But they have lids for their cups. Okay. It's not a thing that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Phil, like, do you think he got replenished hot water or do you think as the, as lulu and lala show up like is that thing ice cold by the time phil's pretending to sip into it it seemed like that there was a woman there topping off uh the drinks did phil have to drink a whole cup of tea every time someone came on yeah I, and did I, they oh. let him go down to the bathroom yeah, every phil time? asks uh when lulu and lala show up holly can you pour a cup of tea so seems like a holly was uh in charge of the refreshments I do like this idea, though. Phil's like, uh, you know, Anthony and Spencer, hold on one second. I really have to go to the bathroom. I've downed like seven cups of Darjeeling at this point, uh, and I am just like, I really have to go right now. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, there's I'm no saying. damn van on uh, The Amazing Race. They're in the double-decker bus, and uh, the teams are coming in uh, one by one. Uh, who, who gets a uh, first leg is uh, Ryan and Dusty. They come in first, this one? Yeah, they have one of those yep. legs where it really is like they they just never look back. Right, like they get a taxi early on. Ryan seems to find uh, the mail rail clue very early on, and he like takes it back without a team even showing up. And then they just like completely. I think they they did the darts right too. So like they pretty much had the optimal path for the entirety of yeah. the leg. What did Dusty best- say about the darts? He is uh, that uh, D- Dusty is a dart slinging savage. He said, "It's clever, dart slinging savage crew." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I was like, "Oh, what is that?" Okay, I'll write that down. Uh, no, I think they already filmed one tough as nails. Uh, but by the time they they went to go film uh, Amazing Race uh, thirty three, they had Wait, one Dusty, in the can. Dusty becomes increasingly interesting of a person with every single thing we find out about him. Like, I believe he's a pilot trainer as well. Like, he makes a brief mention of that of like, "Hey, nice cockpit, man." Uh, when they show up to the mail rail train, so I want to know more about Dusty. Dusty yeah. seems like an enigma. I, I love this. It's one of those Connor and Alex situations where you think that like Dusty's the one who's along for the ride. And then it turns out he's like secretly the interesting one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, then uh, the other teams all file in. Uh, everybody ends up uh, almost on the bus at the same time. Uh, everybody's uh, uh, climbing in. And ultimately, uh, Lulu and Lala, they are the 10th team, but you're actually still racing. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess we got a little bit of this tip-off in retrospect, right, when you see that Ryan and Dusty didn't get a prize. No prize. right? No prize for Ryan and Dusty. Uh, Anthony and Spencer got the Turks and Caicos thing, but now we assume, and we're probably going to see this at the beginning of next week, right, like, Anthony Spencer, you're the first team to arrive. We sort of rewind a bit. Here's your next clue. Go to Scotland. And also, I guess, in retrospect as well, this is probably one of the most unorthodox pit stops we've experienced, right? Of sit down on a bus with Phil. Uh, there's not even a mat beneath his feet. So, yeah, maybe, the, maybe you know, uh, there should have been some clues on our own as to this not necessarily being the end of Lulu and Lala. They were, they were in last, last. They were not eliminated. Yeah, and it looks like the teams are going to head off to Scotland next week, uh, which will be the spot of uh, the final leg of the pre-break of uh, the Amazing Race uh, 33, where I guess uh, we will see uh, a whole Scotland leg. I mean, do you think that they stopped them at the at the pit stop, uh, Jess? Do you have any uh, theories on this? I don't have any theories on this, but I think we can we can surmise from what we already know, which is that um, they had nine teams left at the time that that they stopped things. Okay. And they were going to, and seven teams returned. So I think what we can surmise from that is that they had the pit stop. They eliminated somebody. And then Phil was like, okay, everybody else who already checked in were, you know, were, were blipping this. Yeah, it seems weird though to like uh, realize like okay, we're gonna we're gonna shut down shooting at the end of this leg. Uh, It feels like uh, like I I feel more of like hey, let's make the call before we start another leg. Like hey, what are we doing here? Uh, I think that's well, I think that's what they did. I think they made the call. They're like, we're gonna end this leg because you can't just like go out to every location and be like shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. It's like let's get this in the can and then send everybody home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, though in that case, and maybe we'll talk about this next week. I would feel bad for the team that's eliminated in leg three, right? Because it's like, all right, you're all coming back, but sorry, no second chance for you. I uh, still, I already feel bad for Michael and Mo because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, they 
two teams that didn't come back at all, why didn't they call Michael and Mo? Hmm. Yeah, I, I well, maybe we'll find out the answers to that one day, and maybe we won't. I'm, I'm glad that it seems like we are going to see the shutdown happen. Uh, it's not like I'm necessarily jonesing for like, hey, let's let's show you know this big reveal. But you know, we're we're hard in reality TV fans at this point. I do like seeing those occasional moments where we get to look behind the curtain, whether it be like the Survivor co wrong medevac stuff, or like getting to see just the voluminous production that's underneath the water of this giant iceberg. And I'm assuming it's going to be a, a big unprecedented moment to have Phil tell everybody that they're shutting things down. And so I can't say like, I'm excited to see it. I'm really intrigued to see how it's going to be handled, but it seems like for all intents and purposes, we're going to get a normal leg of the amazing race in Scotland with some self-driving seems like Ray and Caro's problems have only just begun. Uh, but it should always lead to some fun drama. And so it's going to be a very fun time, I think. Okay. Any other thoughts on the two-hour premiere of The Amazing Race? I mean, I'm happy it's back, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Th- th- that being said, yeah, obviously, I think we had some uh, constructive criticism for like the way things were designed. But again, I'll say that the teams, I think we're seeing some really fun sides of them. I think they're elevating a lot of the tasks, whether it's due to some of the choices that they are making or the drama that they are causing. I loved just how conflict laden that second episode was. And even like Akbar and Sherry, uh, I thought it was a really interesting dynamic that I didn't think we would necessarily see uh, considering like how, you know, aspirational they are. And I'm glad that we're seeing like a lot of their dynamic and Akbar's frustrations come out considering that I'm assuming is the way their relationship works a bit at home. I, I don't, you know, necessarily hate on him for the way he was interacting with his wife whatsoever. So I did love how he responded with like, uh, we're going to pull that D1 athlete out of you. And she's like, oh, we already did. That was last leg. It already happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should mention, though, apparently, uh, according to CBS, ratings were up 18% from the Amazing Race 32 premiere. So hopefully this means if either they film this, this sort of like newer version for 34 or the world becomes safer and they're able to sort of go back to a, 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 the older way of doing things hopefully means good things for the Amazing Race's future moving forward. And at a time where I think we all viably thought that the Amazing Race would just flat out stop after season 32 because of COVID, that is a very hopeful sign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I can't believe they were able to finish this and it makes me so happy that they could. Yeah. Um, there Because, you know, I think Mike knows this. There's a whole season of the Amazing Race that was filmed, I think, for Central Europe that mm. is in the can somewhere that never made it to air anywhere. And I, I love stories like that of like things that never saw the light of day, but I don't want it for our season of the amazing race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it seems like I'm really intrigued to see how the teams come back as well from this. It seems just like a really great group of people that are like both entertaining, but also not toxic at the same time, which might be hard to come by in some amazing race seasons. So I'm, I'm thumbs up on the cast so far. We'll see where the task takes us, but you know, I'm very cast dependent on these seasons and so far I'm enjoying it. Okay. All right. I guess we will leave it there for amazing race talk uh, until this weekend on the tar pit. Can uh, either of you tease anything uh, that we may hear uh, this weekend on our amazing race uh, tar pit show? Uh, well, we're going to be looking at some secret scenes. We're going to be looking at what, our community and beyond have said on social media. And then uh, I also, I have a game prepared. 
Okay. Uh, we also have a link for feedback questions. Rob is website.com slash T-A-R questions. If you want to send uh, questions in, uh, we'll send uh, Mike and just all the responses for those. If anybody wants to send in feedback questions as well, and then uh, look for the tar pit over the weekend. And then we'll be back again uh, next Thursday with a recap of episode number three of the amazing race. Uh, Jess, anything coming up this week that you're working on besides amazing race? Um, yeah, well, it's amazing race adjacent. I'm going to be, um, going on another podcast outside of our ecosystem, Rob. I'm going to be Ooh. dropping by extra hot. Great to talk about extra this. hot. Great. Yep. Um, it is the podcast that is um, hosted by the former founders of Television Without Pity. Ah. And we're going to be talking about The Amazing Race and we're going to be talking about a few other things. Very excited to be going back there. They're really a, they're really a great group. And it's it was kind of one of my bucket list things for a long time to get to be the guest on Extra Hot Great. Okay, well, congratulations and be sure to check out Jess on Extra Hot Great. Mike Bloom, uh, who often described as Extra Hot Great, it's true. Mike Bloom. Much like that tea that Phil had. All right. So if you go on to my TikTok at Digiboom, of all the of all the birds and the geezers want to see my new album, Drip Drip in the Man Rail, Jeff Fifth, check it out. 99 pit pence rent. No, uh, not yet, at least. That day has not yet come. We'll see where 2022 takes us. No, I'll add a Mike Bloom type for the usual shenanigans. So as Ron mentioned before. Uh, the deal with Exit Press for this amazing race season is that they are happening, but not until the reset. So not next week, but the week after is when things will begin. We have no clue if we're going to be able to talk to Michael and Mo or the, the team eliminated next week or the two teams that don't come back. It's all sort of up there in the open, uh, but that's what's going on for those who are curious. And then over on Post Show Recaps, Lots of things going on. Uh, the Book of Boba Fett has just gotten started, doing that with R. Philly and Latanya Starks. Uh, the Witcher, we are halfway through the season two. Uh, you might hear some music coming out of there, Digi-Ben style, uh, in this week's episode of The Witcher Podcast with my wife, which we also cover X-Files together. And Josh Wickler and I are doing our feedback show, big finale season six wrap-up show. Uh, we are far from done talking about Lost, but if you are still making your way through our eight-hour finale podcast from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, know that we have a, a feedback show coming as well. And I'm sure other random things popping up. I'm going to be on the Dom and Colin, Colin podcast this week talking uh, the challenge, All-Stars as well. So, I mean, listen, reality wow. TV has has not stopped turning, uh, even if it feels like the rest of the world is sort of like uh, taking a holiday right now. But I'm happy to be talking about The Amazing Race with you two again and to talk about more silliness on the tarpet this weekend. From here uh, on Thursday night, I'm actually going to be watching the premiere of Joe Millionaire, Joe Millionaire 3 for Richer or Poorer, uh, which is going to uh, two Joes, two Joes. Uh, what will happen? Uh, oh, should, they, should they run the race together in season 34? I don't know. Maybe we'll see uh, if there was some synergy between uh, the Joe Millionaire and uh, the Amazing Race. I'll do that with Jenny Autumn. We'll have that out for you on Friday. Uh, in uh, very sad news uh, that we found out on uh, Thursday today that uh, one of the members of the Robbins podcast uh, listener community, uh, Sean Tucker, who uh, that um, uh, many people in the community and the patrons uh, have gotten to know very well, uh, very sadly uh, passed away. We are going to be uh, doing uh, a uh, a 
sort of a, a get together on Friday uh, in our patron group to uh, try to uh, memorialize Sean and talk about uh, hopefully people will come on and talk with us about some of the memories uh, that they have about spending time with him. But uh, our thoughts go out to uh, Sean's family uh, during uh, an incredibly difficult time. And uh, we are uh, thinking very much of uh, Sean, who uh, was uh, just uh, such a great figure in our community. And uh, for, for all of us uh, that we're very, very fortunate that uh, he found our community and, uh, you know, uh, came to uh, spend time and uh, get to know uh, so many of us uh, very well. And it's a very, very uh, sad time for uh, everybody who knew Sean. All right. On that note, um, thank you all so much for joining us here on our amazing race recap. Uh, be on the lookout for the tar pit uh, this weekend. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.